What's up, everybody? Welcome to the View from Jamestown podcast edition. This is the April View from Jamestown edition. Uh, we got Rob Roach, AJ Pacharka, and first-time guest Javier Fernandez, our Latin American operations manager, uh, sitting down with us this morning. Thanks, guys, for hanging out. We're looking forward to get into, getting into it. Uh, Javi, maybe you want to start, give a little intro on yourself, your background, and what you do with TCC. Yeah, my name is uh, Javier Fernandez. I handle Latin American markets for uh, the chemical company. I'm originally from Peru, and I've been with the company almost eight years. So I've been uh, come, just got back from the FPM, and I've been uh, people have been asking me about a Spanish podcast that will be coming up um, in the next few episodes. Sometime soon. Yeah, I think that'll be a, a good addition to the podcast stream for anyone listening that wants it uh, in dedicated Spanish format, so it'll be good. Um, jumping right into it, uh, maybe we'll start with Javi, keep the trend going here. Um, what's what's going on in the industry, maybe the last couple of weeks, or, or I guess the first quarter's coming in and end now, so what are you, what are you seeing in, in what you're working on? Yeah, overall, the, the region is really good. Brazil, Argentina, and Ecuador are coming out of the recession. And so that's driving up uh, economic demand and a lot of chemicals to be shipped down there. Regarding Mexico, uh, it's driving up by the U.S. growth and U.S. demand. So that overall, the region's looking good for 2018, and hopefully we get that rolling in 2019. Yeah, I know. As far as Latin America, the, you know, Javi's been doing a great job down there, um, you know, spreading uh, the TCC products throughout the region. Um, you know, just getting back from AFPM, there was a lot of discussion about a lot of the things we've been talking about already for over a year, you know, China, specifically their environmental policy and logistics. I mean, you know, we, uh, we've been reporting on it, nice uh, pat on our own back, you know, for quite some time, but it seems like it's really, it's hit the fan now, and it seems to be at the forefront of discussions. And I think the overall other trend maybe I brought back from AFPM was a little bit of a take it or leave it attitude from the producers, the intermediate producers. Demand is good with China off, less supply. Uh, so supply is definitely the driver in the market today. Uh, it's not really the, the, the buyers aren't in the best position like they were the prior year and the year before that in Dallas. So um, that was pretty much what I saw out of um, the most recent couple weeks. AJ, any on your end? Um, just to kind of, again, touch on China, coming, coming out of the AFPM, one of the things that I noticed when meeting with different uh, trading companies who had a heavy presence in China um, in previous years, they'd go down their product list and now say, you know, we're not competitive on this because of China or this because of China, which took about, which took out 80% of their available products, you know, so, and, and you know, they, they were kind of, you know, didn't have much to sell. They kind of just said they're not competitive anymore. And, um, you know, so China's a, a big driver for companies that are that are you know we're heavily invested um, in that part of the world. Yeah, it, it, one of the quotes that I really appreciated was somebody had said, uh, "It's not any more about capacities in China; it's about running capacity." So that's just that pretty much breaks it down. I mean, there's tremendous overcapacity in China in most of the goods we're talking here about, but really. 40% are running right now, maybe, if they're lucky. And they're talking about more future capacities and expansion. I mean, this is the big problem that we're faced with is, is there going to be additional investment in these mega plants that are still running around the world? Um, and what are the effects if one of those mega plants goes down? 
in the next year or two. So I think that people should be buying ahead of the, this trend, raising inventories, um, not waiting for prices to fall. I think that's a, a dangerous combination. Yeah, one, one thing I think everyone's mentioned so far is obviously the AFPM. We're all just getting back from it. Uh, Javi spent a little more time down in Texas, but most of us were back last week. I think it was a successful AFPM from talking to, to Rob and AJ and most of the team. We had a, a successful second annual cocktail party on Sunday. Uh, we saw over 300 attendees, which was awesome. So we had a, a good turnout, definitely more from the first year we did it. And I think uh, it's a safe bet that we'll have our, our third annual planning ahead. Uh, March 24th, 2019, also again in San Antonio. Uh, I think there was a little bit of confusion maybe where the AFPM was next year or where, where people are planning on going, but as far as we know, it is San Antonio again next year, and we're definitely planning on having our third annual party. Is that a, a safe thing to say, Rob? Absolutely. You know, a couple of people mentioned maybe NOLA next year. I don't know where that came from, but, you know, we're looking at going back to San Antonio March of uh, 2019, and we'll see you at the party. Yeah, and thank you for everyone that came that's listening. I think we had a, we had a great turnout, some good good familiar faces as well as some new faces, which is always exciting. Um, jumping right into news and articles, stuff going on around the industry. One of the biggest things that came out in March was the ruling for DINP in Europe with the non-toxicity ruling. Uh, Rob or AJ, maybe one of you guys want to talk a little bit more about that, where that came from and why that's significant. It's massive. I mean, this is, you know, it's just... Uh, it's huge um, that it's now uh, considered by ECA uh, no tox. This was quite a concern, you know, for uh, all DINP or, or phthalate um, plasticizer or ester producers. Um, you know, DINP is still uh, one of the largest uh, commonly used plasticizers. There isn't enough capacity of alternate or uh, non-orthothalate plasticizers to fill that gap. You know, today DOP remains the largest plasticizer worldwide. DIMP comes in right behind it. Um, you know, DOP probably because the massive availability of 2EH uh, is probably why it's the most popular. It's a branched uh, general purpose phthalate plasticizer. And it, 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 use, it works well in most applications. But of course, there's a stigma along with DOP and its uh, toxicity. But DINP uh, was being challenged uh, by the Danes, and ECHA, um, you know, took a look at it and, and, and found it to be non-tox. The thing that's interesting about even the the DINP that we carry, the Ivonic DINP, it's it's made with dimersol processed INA, and this is a much more linear isononyl alcohol, which it hence goes into the ester, makes a much more linear ester. From the chemical company's position, we believe this is probably the best uh, general purpose plasticizer because it stays in the polymer very well uh, under all high temp, low temp um, conditions, especially low temp uh, weather. Weathering is okay with it. Very good, actually. So, you know, we find this to be a very positive thing because, uh, you know, you've got the three suds in California, carpet backing, roofing, and uh, vinyl flooring. Uh, so that's a specific use determination so they don't have to be labeled under Prop 65. I guess the point is that the, you know, the battle against DINP is waning and people are realizing it's a wonderful uh, general purpose plasticizer that can be used in, in many, many applications uh, very well. 
And I think more of a, on a micro scale level, even before this ruling, we saw users switching from DOTP back to DIMP just because it is a better a better plasticizer in, in a lot of applications. So um, this ruling should further should further the switch or, or you know back to back to DIMP from DOTP. Yeah, to that point, it's you know DOTP isn't good plasticizer in Plastisol uh, inks. It's not a good general purpose plasticizer. It's um, its migration characteristics are a flaw. It comes to the surface often. I have a pair of boots that are made using DOTP. They're constantly having uh, plasticizer on the surface that I can touch and absorb in my skin. Um, you know, so DOTP has been around for a long time uh, and it wasn't used uh, as a general pur purpose plasticizer until the raw materials lined up to make it very cheaply and Eastman took advantage of that. So just because Eastman has low cost raw materials and makes a cheap plasticizer for the general market doesn't mean it's good. So, you know, to, to AJ's point, we were seeing people go away in droves. 2014, 2015, switching to a non-orthothallic plasticizer, even though the toxic and environmental effects of DIMP were not concluded, um, they switched anyway. And to his point, they've come back because of performance. So it's, it is a, a better general purpose plasticizer. So overall, the ruling sounds like a good thing moving forward, obviously from our standpoint, but from an industry standpoint as a whole, being such a beneficial product. Absolutely, and the, and the consumer is going to get the advantage of this as well because there is low-cost production uh, of DIMP by Exxon, Evonik, uh, et cetera. DOTP, if you're not um, making it through the DMT process where you, you also make methanol as a side stream, if you're using PTA, purified terephthalic acid, and 2EH to make DOTP, very inefficient, inefficient very costly, um, and it doesn't enable you to compete on the world market. So there's only a few producers that fall into that category, and what's their capacity and what's the global demand? It's just not there. It doesn't sink. Switching gears a little bit on the freight and logistics side, uh, I think we got some news a couple weeks ago from our, our freight guys talking about the issues and what we're seeing with the ELD mandates and stuff like that really coming online. And I think one of the biggest stats they've seen and an interesting point for us was these these long-haul routes, I guess kind of mid-range mid, uh, mid routes, six to 900 miles are really the ones that are suffering the most because what, what used to be a one-day route is now a two-day route, which obviously comes with all the other challenges that come along with that in cost and personnel and everything. Um, what do you guys think about that? Are you seeing that similarly with your customers uh, domestically and even maybe internationally? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely, you know, seeing that, you know, with, with our customers, the six to 900 mile would be the, what I'm told is, is kind of the sweet spot where, where it's, you know, kind of the most expensive um, freight haul just because folks either want to do the long haul or the, sh or the short, haul, short haul, but this, that range seems to be the, be the challenging one. Um, I don't know. I, I think something has to give at some point because it's, it's kind of, I, I don't know. There's the, it, it just seems like that, like that's a, like, like a, a range where a lot of folks are shipping. And I think, I, I don't know what's going to give. I think that something needs to, needs to change though. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's pretty bad out there on a lot of, on a lot of lanes. I met with uh, a lot of, uh, 3PLs and also carriers at, at AFPM and they were saying that this is affecting, 
the whole business and they are trying to either buy other carriers and they have special departments just to hire people because there's no new people coming on board. So before, I mean, they used to post and now they have a whole team just doing the push in social media to get young people back in the industry, which I thought was really interesting. I mean, that's the big focus and they're having a tough time doing that. As far as availability is really difficult, it's also affecting our exports because some of our plans where we pick up for export are 600 to 900 miles. So again, hits that sweet spot and we had we have experienced a few delays because of it. And also another good thing that I got, it, it was uh, uh, all the 3PL companies showing our video that came out like a month ago uh, regarding the two week lead time and they're, they're starting their meetings showing our video just to, to get, because he said he gets the point across to the T. So I was like, okay, good. So it's, it's really, really interesting to people using our, our marketing stuff, our marketing ideas and, and tools to get the point across. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you add into the fact we got $65 a barrel oil and fracking is exploding right now. And there's a lot of wastewater that has to be handled. So, you know, you've got already a you know, beat up trucking industry with a lack of availability. And then you throw in massive amounts of hauling, short hauling, long hauling for wastewater and oil and gas support. Um, this is, you know, it, now it's become regional for our carriers. Like we're doing well, say out of New Jersey, we're doing okay out of Savannah, but Texas is horrible. California is horrible. I mean, it, it bounces around each week where we just can't find availability. You get the produce season coming on now. So there's there's a lot of pressure, and it seems like it was a major topic of conversation at AFPM for good reason, because when you can't get raw materials, you can't run your plant. The plant goes down, and it further crimps supply. I'd imagine, too, that it's, it's you know, the, the as far as younger folks coming into the industry, it's going to be a cyclical thing where drivers are going to start to make a lot more money now, and it's going to be more of an attractive profession to younger folks coming in, and then there'll be a flood of new people, and hopefully that'll, you know, help a little bit in the in the coming years. But I think that's going to take, take some time, obviously. And I think from a marketing standpoint, it seems like we've been talking about this and trying to put this out for what's been months now, and we keep trying to think of positive things to say, and we want to change the message up, but it's amazing how many it seems like companies and people still don't understand how bad the issues are. And I think AFPM, from what I've heard from Javi and AJ, has people are starting to figure it out. I think, like you said, Rob, and are really trying to understand how big of an issue this really is and the drive companies are making to, to hire and bring on new people. And a lot of companies are still running lean. I mean, they're coming out from the just-in-time with the Toyota and Six Sigma. So they expect to have their product within a day, which... I mean, on theory, it sounds really good, but on the practical things, there's not a truck for two weeks. So it's, it's really tough to, to, to balance that availability of trucks with their just-in-time way of doing business. Yeah, the, I mean, the hobby nailed it with our video. I mean, it's been taking something that's very serious and make light of it to get it out to a more general audience. Um, and he also just hit it again with, hey, man, now is not a good time to run lean. You know, this is just not everything's sort of lining up right now to to not run lean. So, um, you know, I think our advice is, you know, be careful right now. You know, especially with the, the late end to the winter and the 
late beginning of spring, uh, you're going to see a real pop here in the next few weeks. Hopefully when it warms up here in the northeast, I'm looking outside and it's snowing. April, what's today, April 2nd or 3rd? So it's ridiculous. We're missing Texas weather. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not just casually snowing. We're getting like, I think we got like a good three, four inches out there right now. That, this is a dumping, yeah. Although you got rain rained in coming home, right? You had a little trouble coming back home. So we got rain in Texas. We got snow here. Just yeah, can't, there was can't some, seem to win. There was some gnarly storms coming out of uh, San Antonio right over the airport. We got delayed, but made it, made it home, luckily. Bumpy ride, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I went from San Antonio. Supposed to go to Baltimore to Providence, and I went to Houston to Boston just to right in front of the storms. We were riding in the front of the storm. Big, big thunder boomers. I was looking at Houston when before you went there, and the Houston looked n the nastiest. I was like, I don't yeah, know we if he's we took off like literally in blue sky, and you could look to your left, you know, off to the west, and see here it comes, just this monster freight train of a storm. So it made for an interesting ride home. And I think so. One other big topic I think on everyone's mind is Trump's tariffs and the kind of back and forth between the U.S. and, and China at this point. I know China came back and retaliated a little bit today with their announcement of tariffs uh, on approximately three billion dollars worth of U.S. imports. Um, obviously, this is more maybe on the consumer front and affecting consumer products a little bit more, but um, trade wars and tariffs going back and forth between two major global powerhouses is never a good thing. Um, what are you guys seeing? How, how are you guys maybe starting to see this affect the markets and where it's going to affect the chemical industry? Well, I mean, overall, it's definitely going to eventually trickle down to chemicals. I think the what you say, Javi, the major one right now is pork knuckles. Is yeah, pork knuckles. Pork knuckles getting uh, exported, and it's a huge tariff. And so there's where Argentina and Brazil coming in, and it, it's affecting. And they will, I mean, before we know it, it's going to be in chemicals. Uh, right now, it's a, as you said, Ben, it's a, in a, in a consumer basis, but that's why usually how it starts. Yeah, the U.S. exported $1.1 billion of pork last year. A little fun well, fact. You know, the, I guess the intent of this. Um, by our president was to help America. Well, right now he's helping out, you know, Argentina and Brazil, who who are also second and third in, in pork exports to China. So I guess we got to start sending some pork feed down there, Javi. <laughs> Hurry up and get on that. Uh, big containers of pork feed, please. Uh, but no, I mean, you know, if, it, if his intention is America first, it's not really helping us. It's... Um, it shouldn't be run on Twitter. It's you know, it sh this shouldn't be announced on Twitter. It shouldn't be top-down management. I mean, there is a process still in our government that needs to take place. So it's not good for everybody, and we'll see. I mean, there's already some issues with world trade, and this will certainly um, you know bolster those issues. I don't think we know enough about w what's going to happen yet, though. We'll we'll see. It's a it's a wait and see thing. Moving on to pricing updates and trends, um, I think we've, we've seen quite the roller coaster for the stock market, at least in March, with things seeming like they're going to settle down for the most part in terms of most of the major stock market indicators. Uh, raw materials seeming like they're finishing around the same way. Uh, I think we've seen most of the majors, benzene, ethylene, propylene, finishing lower. Um, what are you guys seeing and how are you seeing affecting that and the products you guys are uh, talking about daily and, and working with your customers on? Um, generally speaking, even though, you know, raw materials are trending down, I think that, that 
you know, a lot of the chemistries that we sell are stay, staying relatively flat just because of, uh, you know, supply demand fundamentals. That's obviously big picture. This, it changed, you know, so, you know, when you get down and you can think of, you know, instances when that doesn't exactly fit. But I think big picture, that's, that's kind of what I'm seeing. Yeah, and to your point about the stock market, it's been um, helter-skelter lately. Obviously, you know, the effect of what's going on in geopolitical situations and uh, the interest rates, um, you know, concern about uh, the value of uh, the dollar versus the euro. Um, but to AJ's point, you know, benzene, toluene, xylene, ethylene, relatively flat, but um, to down. But, uh, you know, we're definitely seeing a roll or even increased pricing in some, uh, some respects on some products because of the supply and demand fundamentals. I think that a lot of our products are formula-based, but there's uh, the supply and demand is taking a huge um, importance on making decisions. So people are waiting to see what's going to happen. So that's driving definitely uh, our, our demand. Uh, in, in the last six months. And the one outlier to that overall calculate, calculation might be crude oil. I mean, we've seen crude sitting over $65 a barrel on average for the last couple weeks, maybe even a month. Uh, came down a little bit at the end of last week, but it's still floating around that $65 range, which is, is quite high for the recent markets in recent times. I mean, you know, generally there's just more demand on, on energy feed stocks, you know, we've got a growing population, continuing um, more demand in, in countries that are coming up. You know, we, we, we can't deny the fact that all the theaters are doing well, Europe, US, Latin America, Asia, Middle East, everywhere is doing pretty well. So therefore demand is there and they can only pull so much out of the ground so quickly. Um, I am surprised to see it, you know, 63, 65 kind of breaks my uh, theory about it being tied to the stock market so much because that's been kind of dipping lower uh, recently. Um, but overall, it, it's it's much higher than we would have expected or anticipated. Any else on price updates, trends, things you guys are seeing? Pretty pretty boring, you know, price update. On, on boring, th- boring can be th- good though, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's flat, <laughs> flat, you know, and not much going on and prices are rolling and you know, I think that uh, anything that we say to up or down is speculative at this point, mm-hmm. you know, and my speculation is for further strength as the uh, as the winter weather wanes. Hopefully we get rid of the snow sometime soon and winter can be in the river a little bit more, but that'd be nice. We'll see. Um, moving on to some product updates, trends, um, maybe having Javi here, if you want to do a little focus on Latin America, things you're working on and seeing uh, existing products with TCC as well as some new projects where we're working on. Yeah, uh, on the new products, we have the THF, which is uh, a solvent, BDO, which will go into the polyurethane, which does help our, our, our sales efforts for the isocyanates that we're going to into the to South America, as well as PTMG will be available Q2. Uh, we'll be sending some uh, marketing stuff through uh, uh, on product information as well as um, applications and pricing. Any other major, major product news, updates, new, new things we're working on, or anything else to mention on that front? Uh, well, I mean, seasonally, the plasticizer demand picks up in the spring. Obviously, some fertilizer products are picking up right now. 
you know, the uh, methanol is waning as we get through, hopefully we get through this winter season snowing today. So we're probably putting some trucks on the road for a windshield wash. Um, our epoxidized product, ELO, ESO, uh, we get some exciting news coming up on that and uh, um, really doing a push on those products. All the polymer additives right now are in uh, are on the bullseye and uh, what we're shooting for. So uh, a lot of uh, a lot of new opportunity, and uh, we're lucky to be aligned with the producing partners we've historically courted in in Middle East, European Union, and the Americas. Our office in China has got restricted supply. Uh, most of the stuff coming out of there is uh, historical stuff we've been buying for a long time from rateable producers and, and knock on wood, they're not too affected as of yet. Sounds good. Um, moving on, events, shows, conferences, things coming up. We obviously just had the AFPM, which is the big annual event going on, at least within the States. Um, two big trade shows coming up back to back, which has been fun planning and organizing. And I think we're, we're looking forward to getting down there and getting them rolling. Uh, American Coding Show starting next week now, or yeah, next week by when this podcast comes out, April 10th and 12th, and then the NP coming up in May. Uh, we just recorded a podcast trade show feature episode that you'll find linked in the show notes uh, on this podcast. Uh, but maybe, AJ, you want to give the 30-second overview for maybe anybody that hasn't heard past episodes or the trade show episode yet, what's coming up for us? Um, well, so April 10th to the 12th, we'll be exhibiting at the American Coding Show in Indianapolis, Indiana. We're at booth 1947. Um, we'll have a um, good-sized group of folks from, from TCC there promoting our company and our products. Ben and I are going to be in early to... Uh, to kind of take care of the setup and, and stuff like that. Um, if anybody's going to be in town or in the area, let us know. We'll, we'll you know, get together for a, you know, a meeting or, or a bite to eat or something like that. Um, but we're looking, looking forward to it. Um, and then less than a month after that, we have the NPE. That runs May 7th through the 11th. We're, in, uh, we're exhibiting in the South Hall of the Orlando uh, Convention Center or the Orange County Convention Center. Um, we're at Booth S. 15013. That's a monster of a show. So, you know, if you want to see us, you want to kind of plan ahead, you you know, <laughs> if you just wander around, it's going to take you a long time to find somebody that you're not, not necessarily looking for. Um, but yeah, we'll have a big group down there as well. Um, looking forward to, to both of them. They should both be be good, well-attended shows. Yeah, and I get a lot of the marketing stuff from both shows, and from what I can see, both shows have a pretty good uh, mobile app for both platforms. So definitely check those out and, and give us a search on there and, and link us as one of the booths you want to check out. Uh, it'll help you find find your way around the show and, and find us, obviously. So we're looking forward to that. And a whole lot more shows coming up and things coming up in the second half of the year. I think we can cover a little bit more once we get past you know the April, April May time frame and get these two big ones out of the way, at least in the States. Um, I know we're planning on attending things like the APLA uh, and EPCA coming up later this year, but I think we can touch upon that as we get a little bit closer. Yeah, one thing that to note is we will not be at APIC this year in Kuala Lumpur. Um, Javi and I usually go to that, but the uh, this particular year NPE is May 7th to 11th, and it, it overlaps Kuala Lumpur, so we're opting to see a few thousand people versus uh, tens of people. But uh, looking forward to uh, these upcoming shows. We've got a lot of people attending and uh, got a lot of information and uh, that we can share and, and look forward to seeing everyone. 
couple of good giveaways too. I think we got our, our traditional bouncy balls that'll be there. So feel free to swing by and grab one of those as well. We usually see them bouncing around the trade show and the hotel lobbies and all that good stuff. So make sure you swing by and say hello. TCC news, uh, things going on around the office and giving back. Um, one of the more recent ones, Pat King, who's long worked with us in, on the accounting and the credit side, is um, retiring. Maybe, Rob, you want to give a little shout out to Pat and what, what she was working on and, and a little bit about her? Yeah, Pat King has been working, gosh, I don't know how long, at least uh, probably 12 or 15 years for the chemical company. Um, had a great career with us. Um, came, you know, later in life, uh, but um, worked right till till she did, decided to retire. Uh, she's got a daughter that's um, been fighting cancer, and she's been a major caretaker there. Uh, needed more time with her. Um, everything's looking uh, to go well. Hopefully, with that, we pray for that every day. Um, Pat was s- sitting next to me most of my career and uh, she never filed any complaints or anything <laughs> against me I, don't know <laughs> <how>. <laughs> I uh we got along great she's um she's a great dancer too I don't know if you've seen at some of the uh, TCC events she is quite the dancer and uh and she's got a new puppy um that she got from uh my father over Christmas uh, she happened to get this uh what kind of puppy is that Shitsu? I think it's a Shitsu. Shitsu. Are we allowed Shitsu? to say that on this Shitsu? podcast? <laughs> <laughs> but she's got a new little puppy, and she's enjoying uh, her retirement. So this week she's going to come back in, and we're going to have a nice luncheon with a lot of people here from TCC, and a lot of people are driving in or flying in to, to see Pat off and into her retirement. We wish her the best of luck, and we'll see her around town. Yeah, I think we, we all miss seeing Pat around the office, but I think it's safe to say we miss Cody, the, the puppy as well, especially Javi, I think. Uh, it's all right he's if you can see Javi right now he's crying because he misses Cody so much so uh also want to mention that uh Tom Godano is leaving he's going over to uh Oxia uh effective uh April uh so this month uh so he took a, a job with Oxia and we wish him the best in his continued career with Oxia not sure what he's going to do there for them uh but he is uh moving on and uh, we'll be redistributing his responsibilities and his customers uh, over the next week or two. And uh, that's uh, that's the next step that we have to do now that uh, Tommy's moving on. And I think if anyone has immediate questions or inquiries, you can pretty much reach out to anyone on the TCC team and they'll point, they'll point you in the right direction uh, moving forward. So, yeah, again, wish, wish Tommy the best of luck and hopefully we'll see him around. Uh, one last note, we, we do have the TCC mobile app that will be formally released this week ahead of the coding show in NPE. Uh, we're excited for that. This podcast will be linked up and available in the, in the app, uh, as well as some market news, pricing trends, trade show info, and all that good stuff will be, will be in there. Um, so we're, we're looking forward to releasing that this week, and we'll, we'll have it on display at the upcoming trade shows if anyone wants to, to check it out and see a little bit more about it, as well as it's obviously will be free on both app stores to download and, and use yourself. So we're looking forward to that and hope... Hope for the best, and we think it'll be a good resource for our customers and business partners and everyone involved with TCC. So we are we're excited for that. Wrapping things up a little bit, what are you guys looking forward to or, or seeing in April? What's coming up besides hopefully it to not snow anymore? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you guys have coming up or, or looking forward to seeing in April? Just some more hard work. I mean, we're going to, you know, we're post-AFPM, a lot of follow-up, um, and... Uh, 
you know, driving our products into our, our markets. You know, it's, it's a constant battle to get out there and, and get in front of customers. Um, nice thing about having the AFPM, ACS, MPE in a row is you get to see a lot of people over a short period of time where you'd have to travel all around the world. But um, over the next month, uh, you know, I personally have some regional travel, Chicago, Atlanta, Houston, et cetera. Um, just getting out there and uh, making sure that people are aware that they uh, should be uh, stocking up inventories and, and making sure they've got uh, as much business with TCC because we're uh, a security of supply. You know, we're, we're a great source, uh, primary, secondary, tertiary, whatever, for supply of so many raw materials. Yeah, if you haven't seen it already, we had a, a nice little spot in the ISIS uh, AFPM edition magazine um, along our security supplies ad, and we'll, we'll have them coming up in four or five ads this year. They're all going to tie together at the end, so make sure you, you check that out if you haven't already. Uh, it's also available on our website at thechemco.com slash secure if you didn't get a chance to check it out in the actual edition, but we're, we're looking forward to that and promoting that a little bit more. AJ, anything coming up in April that you're looking forward to or getting ready for? Um, I mean, I expect to be flat out this week. Obviously, we're all following up with stuff from the AFPM while, you know, preparing for the ACS. And then after the ACS, we'll be following up with those, you know, with that work, preparing for the MPE. So I think April's going to go by in a, in a flash. Um, but, um, yeah, we're just going to be hitting it hard, you know, working hard. And hopefully we can... Uh, you know, spend spend a lot of time on the boat in the summer. Yeah, going in, <laughs> going in April fifteenth, and lobster pots are going in. Can't wait to start catching. Hope you're not wearing like a snow jacket out there. Maybe you know. <laughs> at this point, I mean, <laughs> we're gonna need a snow blower to snow blow the boat <laughs> off before we go out. Man. Javi, anything else to mention? Well, looking forward to the ACS. Do some more traveling down south, Mexico, Colombia, Peru, and I start working on the on the new products and new projects, very exciting stuff coming out of TCC. And hopefully we can uh, we can share more shortly. Thank, thank you for sitting in for two. Well, glad to have you for the first uh, first time and hopefully can have you sit in for future view recordings. It's good to have our Latin we're, American. We're gonna have to bribe Javi to come back with wings and beer. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, if we have wings and beer, he'll be here for every podcast. So. Seems like every time I sent out the recording reminder, all of a sudden Javi's in Mexico City. You know, just just <laughs> happened to happen to be that same week. So all right, well that wraps it up, I think, for this recording. Um, just so everyone knows, the podcast is available on SoundCloud, on the iTunes podcast store, as well as via thechemco.com slash podcasts. Uh, we also have uh, our current episodes as well as future episodes available on YouTube. Our uh, audio-visual guy, George Manchester, did a great job getting those up on YouTube with a cool little graphic, so we're, we're excited for that. And just another way to be able to stream the view and, and get it in whatever format you need. Um, if there's formats maybe we're missing or somewhere else you'd like to see us uh, hosting the podcast or have it available for you to make it as easy as possible to, to follow along, please let us know. We're, we're always happy to change things up and expand our reach. Um, but that about wraps it up. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you guys soon. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.